as we work through this, this season of Lent, we're, we're considering the question of how is it that we can, can come closer in step with God, right? How do, how do, we, how do we align ourselves? Uh, what, are the, what are the steps we can take? What are the things we can do to, to, to draw near to God? And even as we ask that question, we're asking knowing full well that, that even if I do all the right things, if God is not actively drawing me to Him, all those things are, are going to be for naught. They may look good on the outside, but they won't have any, any lasting effect. What the good news in that is we keep looking at is, is God does desire to work in us. God does desire to draw us to himself. So as we are, are taking these steps that, that we can do, God is at work in that, and he is drawing us to himself. We talked last week about the idea that we need to be a people of the book. We need to be people who, who are immersing our lives in the truth of Scripture. That we hear it proclaimed, we read it for ourselves, we, we spend time meditating on it and, and, and chewing it up and, and thinking about what it means. People who memorize it and are people who then apply it to our lives so that our lives change as we encounter God in Scripture. God has, has seen fit to, to write to us. In Scripture, we can hear from Him through His very Word. Today we look at the idea of prayer. Prayer is, is essentially communication, is it not? So if God is speaking to us in His Word, we are speaking to God in prayer. And we're able to have this, this dialogue, this conversation. We know that we should pray. We know that. If we, if we think of, of what the Christian life is, again, we've, we've said most people will come up with the idea of go to church, read the Bible, pray. We, we get that. But how many of us would say that our prayer life is what it needs to be? I, I, would, I would wager to say that is probably... Zero percent in here say, yes, I, I pray as much as I think I probably should. So if, if your hand mentally was raised, you're in probably, I'm going to say, the company of everyone. So why don't we pray as much as we think we should? We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 as we look at this today. As, as Jesus is teaching his disciples what it is to pray. And we're going to be asking some of these questions. You know, why, why do we pray? Why do we pray? When do we pray? How do we pray? Because I think as we, as we look at it, there are, there are a few reasons that, that we don't pray as much as we think we should. And one might be, we're just not really sure how effective it is anyway. We'll talk about that. I think another is we, we just get into that same old rut. God, thank you for the day. Thank you for our family. Thank you for this food. Amen. 
and, and we just get into where we have that, that same old prayer that, that just repeats. And, and so if we come to our prayer time, our mouth just automatically says, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for our family. Thank you for the food. And then we're kind of stuck. We're, we ran out of our, our things to say. So how do we pray? We're going to look to Matthew chapter 6 to start us out. And hear what Jesus has to say about prayer. Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So why do we pray? What, what, is, what is the point in all this? As, as we've even introduced the idea of spiritual disciplines, these, these things that we're doing to, to try to come in step with God, the spiritual disciplines are for a purpose. That purpose is to make us more like Christ. Not in any way that we're ever going to achieve some divine status or anything like that, but, but to draw our character more in line with, with Jesus character. We have a goal in mind as we do these spiritual disciplines. It's our holiness. And so the the purpose then of prayer is is a prayer that is leading toward holiness, leading toward Christ-likeness. And so why do we pray? Well, well, first we can just give the the easy answer because Jesus told us to. Because we're told to pray. We're instructed to pray. As, as Jesus starts this teaching, three times there, he says, and when you pray. Not if you pray or, or whenever you get around to pray. Jesus says, and when you pray. This will happen, he's saying. If, if you are my disciples, you will be praying. And we also follow Jesus' example. And we know that, that Jesus, God the Son Himself, who took on flesh, He often went to pray. We read that throughout the Scripture, that Jesus was off praying, as was His habit. If prayer is communication, if prayer is, is talking with God, 
then, then we pray so that we can do those things, right? So that we can communicate with Him. We can communicate our awe of who He is. We can communicate with Him those, those times that we have failed and ask His forgiveness. We can communicate with Him on behalf of those around us that, that need help and, and our own help. And we don't just, that's not something that we just do every so often or maybe once a week when we get to church or whatever. I'm reminded of, how, how would it go over if, if there's, there's a couple, a married couple, and, and you know, there, there's been some friction in that relationship, and, and the woman says, well, I, I, I just, I never hear from you. I just, I don't even know if you love me. And the husband says, well, on the day we were married, I told you I loved you, and, and if anything ever changed, I'd let you know. How's that going to go over? Men, if you're taking notes, that's not the way to do it. Women, too, that's not the way to do it. If, if you're in a relationship like that, that's, that's something you want to hear often, right? Even if you know the person loves you, you, it feels good to hear it and to express it. And so why would we do anything less with, with God? The very one to whom we owe our life and, and everything. It was just, well, you know, he, he knows. And, and there is this verse. People love to pull this out. With Matthew 6, right there in verse 8, he says, in, in not being like the Gentiles who heap up all these, all these words, who, who bring all the, all the fancy terminology in because it sounds so good, he, he says, don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. And people will say, well, look there. So, so why even pray? If God already knows what I need, then why do I pray? What's the point? The point is prayer does something to us as well. If we, if we flip over one chapter in Matthew chapter 7, there, there's that, that passage in there of asking, seeking, knocking. Matthew 7, starting in verse 7, says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Jesus looks right to, right to earthly fathers and says, Fathers desire to care for their children, desire to protect their children, desire to give good things to their children. But not a one of us are perfect fathers, are we? And so flawed and broken as we are, if, if that's our desire, how much more God's desire for his children to provide for them and protect them and to give them good things. But even so, in the asking, there is a, a recognition of our dependence 
in the asking, then when I receive something, I know that I've asked for it and I'm more grateful than if, than if it was just given all the time. Also in the asking, there is, there is the possibility for us to be changed. To be more grateful, to be more recognizing that gift. Or to see that I asked for something and I got something better. And to have our perspective changed. As Jesus is talking about the one who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, the one who knocks, the door will be opened. He's saying that we pray because our prayers are answered. Because God answers prayer. So we pray because we're told to, yes. We pray because there's, there's this communication that needs to happen and, and it recognizes our dependence and opens our eyes to those gifts. And we pray because prayers are answered. But they may not always be answered the way we're asking them to be. This is where if, if you're one of those who, who keeps a prayer journal, that's a great thing. Because then we can go back and look at, at those things that we've been praying for. And say, oh, we saw how this was answered. And it gets written in there. And we saw how, how this isn't even a prayer request anymore. Because everything's changed around it. And, that's, and, and we see God answering prayer. But it may not always be answered the way we expect. Let's go back to that idea of a father giving good gifts to his children as they ask. How about the children that ask for ice cream for every meal of every day? Children, doesn't that sound like a great idea? Don't we want ice cream all the time? Yes, we do. And the parents, loving as we are, say, no, you can't have that. You can have ice cream sometimes. You can have ice cream at certain times, but you can't have ice cream for every meal of every day because that will not be good for you. We'll give you what you need. Maybe not what you've asked for. And, and there's even times that, that even in the asking, say my kids ask for ice cream. Karis can't do dairy. Her body doesn't process it the same way everybody else's does. So if I give them all ice cream, Caleb and Josiah are rejoicing. And Karis either looks at what she can't have or if she didn't know she couldn't have it, eats it on up and then pays for it. And it hurts. And so as a loving father, she'll get something different. We pray we're called to. We pray because it, there's this communication that we need. We need to be in communication with God. And He loves to hear from us. And we pray because God answers prayer. So when are we to pray? I mean, a lot of us are in the habit of we get around the table and we pray. And that's good. And we come to church and we pray. And that's good. Now 1 Thessalonians 5.17 will tell us what? Pray Continually. Pray all the time. How do we do that? 
because all the time, there's a lot of times I'm doing other things. And I'm not praying. Does that mean I'm defying Scripture if I don't spend every minute of every day on my knees praying? It moves us into a, a lifestyle. Not, not necessarily an act of praying where we, we assume whatever proper position we think we need and we, we spend that time, but it moves us into a lifestyle. A lifestyle of always being in communication with God. Of, of running our, our daily decisions through what God would have us do. Of knowing that when that guy cuts us off on the highway and we, we have to break because they decided they were going to turn out there, there, God might have a better response for us than what my initial response might be. And moving into that lifestyle of prayer is what God desires for us. Is when we're in that lifestyle of prayer, that's when we're looking, we're expecting, we're, we're trying to see those answers to prayer and we're trying to, to conform our prayers with God's will. But we don't just take that verse to say that, that you know, just as I'm going, I, I just kind of pray a little bit here and there and, and that's all. Because Jesus also had those set times, Right? Where the disciples would go find him and he's up on a mountain all by himself spending time in prayer. We also need to have that set time of prayer. Time where we intentionally stop the other things that we're doing. To spend time with God. Because you see... Prayer is, is not something trivial. If we look at Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God, we go through that whole armor, all these different pieces that are used, the, the breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, all these things used for defense. And then it says, and take up the sword, which is the word of God, and pray. We're given all these pieces of armor for defense. And we're given the word and prayer as our weapons in this battle against the evil one. So we don't take it lightly. This idea of praying continually does not mean that, that, that we only just do little short prayers here and there. We need to have a set time where we pray where we are seeking God and asking God what it is He would have from us. And how do we do that? Because I think that that, that is the prayer time that, that's so difficult for us. The little prayers throughout our day. God, help me through this next thing. God, help me in this conversation I'm about to have. It's going to be really awkward. Or, or God, just keep us safe on the road. Those kinds of, of little prayers throughout the day as we're continuing to talk to God. Those are easier for us. 
It's where we block out time. We intentionally stop what we're doing and go before the Lord and pray. That this is where we, we find our ruts. This is where we find that, we, that we've run out of things to say. And this is where then we start beating ourselves up. Knowing that, that I have an audience with the king of the universe and I can't think of a thing to say, we start beating ourselves up over it. We say, I know prayer is important. Everybody's told me my whole life I have to pray. And, and here, I, I can't even do it. And we beat ourselves up. And so as Jesus' disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, pray like this. And we know the Lord's Prayer. In Kids for Christ, we pray it every week. But what does it mean? That's the thing we need to look at. What does it mean? So as we pray, as we come before God, we're looking at these ideas that as we're praying to our Father, this is one who loves us. This is one to whom we are dependent. Our Father who's in heaven is one who is so far beyond us. We're praying for His name to be hallowed. To be holy. To be seen in all the world as holy. To be celebrated. For, for people to make much of God. We want to see Him famous. We're asking for His kingdom and His will. And that we would do it just as they do it in heaven. That they do it gladly. They do it as, as they are in the presence of God. And they see His wonder. We ask for our daily needs. We ask for forgiveness. And we ask for the grace to extend that forgiveness to others. We ask that He protect us from temptation. But I want us, as we look at that prayer, as we look at, at what we call the Lord's Prayer, I want us to, to work on a new habit. Maybe it's not a new habit for everybody. Maybe it's just for some of us. Let's pray Scripture back to God. Let's, let's pray the Scripture to Him. And this is going to, this is going to serve as, as a bridge between a couple of those disciplines that, that we need to be in the Word and, and reading in the Word. And then we use that to pray. Because if God is speaking to us in His Word, then He's providing us language that we can use praying back to Him. So how do we do that? We, we don't do it by saying, dear Jesus, and then we start reading, and then we say amen. That's not what I'm talking about. This is where we're going to get into that idea of meditating on Scripture. 
Where if we're looking in Matthew chapter 6 at the Lord's Prayer, we start with our Father. And we meditate on what that means. And we pray about what that is. That as we recognize He is Father, we're recognizing relationship and we're praying, God, thank you. Thank you for being a loving Father. Thank you for for being one who, who desires to provide for your children. To care for your children. To protect your children. God, I thank you that you have drawn me in as one of your children. We recognize even in that phrase, our Father. That there's so much into Father. But also, this is our Father. God, thank you for the family into which you have brought me. For my mother, father, sisters, brothers in in the house, but also, Lord, for for the family of our church. And maybe even as you're praying that, something comes to mind of, of somebody in that family. Maybe as we're talking about church family, you think about Mirabelle. You say, God, I pray that you'd be with her and, and you'd, you'd help her. And, and that's, that's not something that, that is, well, it's out of order. That's not the right place for it. Because when we're praying Scripture, when we're focused on Scripture and asking God to work through us there, then if you're praying about our church family based on our Father, and God brings something to mind at that moment, then that's not the wrong moment for it. Now, if it's sinful thoughts that are coming to mind, that's not going to be God that's, that's bringing those. And so you lay those before God. God, this, this distraction is trying to come at me. I pray that you would deal with that. You would focus me. And then you come back into it. Our Father in heaven. And we think about how much higher heaven is than earth and how his ways are higher than our ways. And we work through the words of the scripture. We can do that in great ways as as we're looking at Jesus' teaching. We can do that as as we're reading through the letters of Paul. Where where those phrases are just so packed with things and, and we can look at those. We do that in the Psalms. The Psalms were given to Israel as a prayer book. God's saying, here's how you worship me. So pick a psalm and pray through the pieces of that. And when you do this, you'll find that you're never out of things to pray. You'll find that it catapults us past those same two or three requests that we usually do, and then we're, we just don't know what to say. Because if you've prayed through everything you can think on that, and you're at a quiet place of peace, you can either sit in that quiet place of peace and listen for God, Or move on to the next words. Your kingdom come. And start praying there. We we don't ever have to be out of things to pray again. Because 
God is giving us those things. And the same God who created you, the same God who knows your needs and knows your life, is the one who inspired these words. And so as we take that time to pray through Scripture, God can be weaving your own story right into that and bring you to pray for the things you need. We pray because we're told to. We pray because we need that communication with God and He loves it from us. We pray because God answers prayer. So I challenge you this week to start praying God's word back to him. As we meditate on God's word, as we see what it is he's saying to us, let's pray that back to him. Maybe this afternoon, you take the Lord's prayer, you take Psalm 23, something like that. Set yourself a timer. How often do you usually pray? Or how, how long do you usually pray? I'd say for most people, it's under 10 minutes in one time. So set yourself a timer. Five minutes, seven minutes, whatever. Make it more than a minute. And just start praying God's word back to him. See what that's like. God, I thank you. I thank you that you have reached down to communicate with us. I thank you, Lord, that in your goodness and mercy, you see fit to guide us. And I confess, Lord, that, that so many times we don't even see your guiding hand. And so, Lord, I ask that you would teach us to pray. That our eyes can be open to you. Our ears can be opened. Our hearts can be livened to what it is you have for us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.